It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder beating the Memphis Grizzlies without SGA and Josh Giddy. What were the keys to success for the Thunder in this game without their two best players? How did they get this win? It was ball movement. It was Isaiah Joe and Lou Dort leading the way for the Thunder. We'll talk about that coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks. we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder beating the Memphis Grizzlies without SGA or Josh Giddy as Lou Dort drops 24 points. Isaiah Joe nails five triples, and Aaron Wiggins plays a massive role in the win. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match guarantee up to $100 with the code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. SGA in this game was out with a back injury. He's already been upgraded to questionable for Monday. It seemed like he just needed the day off and then Sunday off and didn't want to play on the second ever back to back because of that injury, which of course has been lingering a bit since that fall in New Orleans. And playing the back to back, playing the mints he played on Friday. I just think that it was a needed day off for SGA and he's questionable, which typically when the Thunder upgrade guys to questionable, they play. So we'll see if that track record continues for SGA. Uh, Josh Giddy also out with an illness, non-COVID illness, just like Darius Baisley was out. Uh, Usman Jang and JRE uh, obviously out with long-term injuries. Uh, for Jang, it'll be about six weeks before he's reevaluated for that wrist injury. And for JRE, he is out with that ankle injury for week-to-week timeline, uh, according to Mark. Now, Memphis, they lost Desmond Bain, of course, a pivotal part of, of what they do. Danny Green has not played this season. And then John Morant got ejected 16 minutes in for talking to a fan about the officiating. Now, the refs say that that had nothing to do with it. Josh says it had everything to do with it. The fan thought it had something to do with it. It's an awkward story. Jaw did not deserve to be ejected, and that obviously changes the complexity of the game. If Memphis loses Jaw, you know, if, if they keep him, they likely can make this a, a much closer game and obviously win the game uh, in general. So that, that changes this whole game. But the Thunder still played very well without their two best players. The Thunder starters were Isaiah Joe, Lou Dort, Pokashevsky, Huchino Marui, and Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. The most minute-getters were uh, Kenny Hustle, Lou Dort, J-Dub, Poku, and Aaron Wiggins. The biggest thing from this game, though, for me, was Lou Dort. It was Lou Dort's ability to 
play aggressive while playing under control and slide into that role, right? I mean, just in general, night to night, whenever this seems fully healthy, um, barring, you know, Shed Holmgren, obviously, when this seems fully healthy, he is the second most aggressive offensive player that the Thunder have. And Marcus talked about trying to reel him closer to the middle, trying to push J-Dub from that far extreme of trying to fit in and be kind of a little timid, so to say, trying to push him closer to the middle. But in general, Lou Dort is their most aggressive player besides SGA on the offensive end. Now, a lot of times that that leads to out-of-control play offensively, a lot of times that that leads to him doing too much a little bit offensively. But in this game, when all the pressure is on him and there's no one else out there that that is going to be as aggressive as him, he still played aggressive but played under control. 24 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal. He shot 3 for 4 from 3, shot 57% from the floor overall in 30 minutes of action. Excellent game from him. Obviously, he impacted the game on both ends, played good defense as well, and was a very aggressive offensive player. Here's the key, though. With that aggressive offense, there was only one turnover charged to Lou Dort. Lou Dort did not turn the ball over, did not um, you know, shoot inefficiently. Like he, he shot efficiently, he limited the turnovers, he scored a lot of points, and he played his role. And, and the key to success for the Thunder in this game was their ball movement. You look up and down this roster of who is healthy, not a lot, if any, true shot creators are on this roster whenever you whenever you lose SGA and you lose Josh Giddy. And of course you already don't have Chet Holmgren, you don't have Jerry, you don't have Baisley. You know, there's not that many guys who can go get their own shot. And so the key to success was the Thunder passing the ball, keeping the defense on their heels, and eventually the ball finds the open player. It was moving off ball. It was relocating. It was it was making the extra pass. It was doing all those things to put stress on the other team's defense, and that leads to quality shots. That leads to shots you can make, and they hit the shots, which is the bigger key, obviously. Uh, but they weren't taking these heavily contested shots in this game. They were they were able to work the ball and work the shot clock and just keep working until somebody found themselves a good shot or a great shot. And that was the big key in this one for the Thunder and for uh, this team on how they won the game and how they were able to pull out this win against Memphis, a team that's had their number uh, throughout this entire season, even for the last couple of years, like the the, the way that they're designed uh, Memphis with their length and their size and their depth is very hard for any team to handle, especially Oklahoma City. And in this game, obviously losing jaw, it changes everything. But still, in this game, they're able to navigate that a lot better um, just by keeping the ball moving and just by um, not allowing Memphis to kind of settle in on the defensive end. And I think that that ball movement was key. And the key also with that ball movement came with, it was not just them throwing the ball all around the court willy-nilly. Like, you you look at the turnovers in this one. And the Thunder did commit more turnovers than um, than Memphis did. But the, the turnover battle for the Thunder was not out of control. The turnover column for the Thunder um, was limited for as much as they're passing the ball, right? Like there wasn't a ton of deflections. There wasn't a ton of steals uh, that Memphis was able to capture while you're trying to implement this ball movement without your best passer, without one of your best playmakers in SGA and your best passer in Josh Giddy. Still, the turnover battle for both teams was really good. 10 turnovers for Oklahoma City, nine turnovers for Memphis. So it was 10 to nine. And that is very, very low in the course of a 48-minute NBA game. Memphis had five steals. OKC had seven. So that's just kind of what you want to see from a team who's relying on ball movement is limiting turnovers and then hitting their shots. The Thunder shot 41% from the floor, but 42% from three and 64% the free throw line. 
Obviously, you know, you, you want to improve that free throw percentage. Also want to improve the, the, the shooting from the floor a little bit. But 42% from three, largely due to Lou Dort, largely due to Isaiah Joe, who got the start in this game and just had his fingerprints all over this contest, which we're going to talk about coming up. But first, we're going to uh, discuss Isaiah Joe. We're going to discuss Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, who, despite the messy box score, I think he still had a positive impact on this game. And also, Jay Will out of Arkansas played in this one. Plus, let's discuss Trey Mann's G League assignment all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, a bunch of friends over at Prize Picks, folks. Prize Picks is a 100% deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. What Prize Picks is, is it's an incredible app and website for you to go to. The reason that I love Prize Picks is because it's just you versus the projected numbers. So you can go on there and you can bet on every sport you can imagine, right? NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL, and, and you can mix and match however you'd like. You can take the over on Patrick Mahomes touchdowns on Sunday and the under on Jason Tatum points on Sunday. Like You, you can mix and match anything you want to do and win up to 25 times your money on any entry, which is just incredible to bet on NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, cricket, and so much more than that as well. So the basic premise is it's simpler than anything else you can find because all you have to do is go on there. And so for tonight's game against Portland, Will Damian Lillard score over or under 30 points against Oklahoma City? If you think he's going to score over that, of course, you bet the over, under, under. And so if he gets gets the 31, you win. No strings attached. If he gets the 31 points and you bet the over, you win. If he doesn't score 30 and you bet the under, you win. That's all you need to do, all you need to go at PrizePix. So check it out today, prizepix.com or the app with 100% deposit match guarantee, up to $100, promo code locked on. Also, want to tell you about your friends over at Turo. Turo is incredible for you to ditch those boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want whenever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse the huge selection of vehicles from just about any occasion that you need. Look, if you need an SUV or minivan for a family road trip, They've got you covered. If you need a pickup truck to run some errands or, or, or maybe you're doing a, a you know, do-it-yourself project or something that, that needs hauling, you can find yourself a pickup truck on there. And even if you just want to test drive an EV and see how they operate, you can do that with Turo as well. So make sure that you know that every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, forget boring rental cars and find your drive over there at Turo because it is the best selection for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. They have those spacious SUVs, minivans. They even have luxury cars as well for those special events like birthdays or holidays. You can get you get yourself a luxury car. You can afford these economic cars that can get you from your budget from point A to point B. Test drive electric vehicles that you've had your eye on for a little bit of time maybe. And many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. So make sure you go there. And again, every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars. Find your drive at Turo.com. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. 
for your second listen. Check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast for the biggest stories around sports in under 20 minutes or less with instant reaction. Game recaps. Lockdown has the take of the day as well. So check it out. Lockdown Sports Today available on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcast from. So with that being said, let's continue talking this time about Isaiah Joe. 26 minutes he played. He scored 23 points, got a steal, got three rebounds, shot five of eight from three, and 58% overall from the floor. Isaiah Joe got to the free throw line for five free throw attempts, went four for five. And in this game, what was encouraging for Isaiah Joe, and it's important to remember, of course, he's only 23 years old, so like he's, he's not old. He's not someone who wouldn't fit the timeline if the Thunder choose to go that way. And I would, I would caution everyone from being too extreme, right? He's obviously going to be here in the future. And then all he, and then saying, oh, he, there's no way he's going to be in the future. Look, we don't know yet what the future holds for Isaiah Joe, but it's trending good right now. He's 23 years old, and before you go around throwing these on a multi-year deal, obviously the multi-year deal includes every single provision to, to get out of it that the Thunder need. Like past this year, it's all non-guaranteed or, or team options. So they can just cut bait with him anytime that they want to financially so that so the the contract is not as set in stone and and kind of concrete as what you would expect a contract to be whenever you say multi-year deal. So just keep that in mind too whenever you're throwing out the whole multi-year deal thing. But the bottom line is, Isaiah Joe is 23 years old and he's playing some very, very good basketball and he has a skill set that's very hard to come by as we saw over the last decade of Thunder basketball and he has an elite NBA trait that can keep him in your rotation for winning ball clubs. And the Thunder hope to be a winning ball club sooner rather than later. And in this game, I think that, you know, with the larger runway, he showed you what he's more capable of. He showed you more of that shot creating and making ability off the dribble, not just on the catch and shoot, but, you know, coming off of screens or, you know, taking a dribble, sidestepping, launching the three. And even on his last bucket, he showed great cutting ability and awareness on when to cut to the rim. Uh, Lou Dort hit him uh, and he dunked at home. Now, obviously, that is not going to be a function of his game, game to game. It's going to be more circumstantial like tonight where, you know, SGA is not playing, Josh Gay is not playing, Bass is not playing, and you just don't have as many cutters as you normally would have. Whereas if you have your full complement of players, you don't, even though Isaiah Joe can do it, you don't want him to do it because you want him out on the three-point line and you'll have others cut that can't shoot as proficiently as him. You'll have, you know, Wiggins cut. You'll have J-Dub cut. And in this game, even though Wiggins and J-Dub did play, you know, J-Dub's playing more on ball. He's not playing as much off ball, which if he played more off ball, he'd be cutting more. Like all those different things play into it as well. And so even though Isaiah Joe can cut, and it's great that he can for games like this because each season you're going to have 5, 10, 15 games this way where you need to mix and match and find different combinations. So it's good that he showed this. But remember, that's not going to be your cutter long term. But it's very good that he has that ability to cut. I love the way that he relocates himself um, off of either play resets where like they, they go into an action, it just doesn't work, and he just relocates himself. Deflections, you know, where, where the ball gets kind of discharged, and then it's scooped back up by the Thunder, and they just don't have anywhere to go, and then boom, here's Isaiah Joe perfectly wide open at the top of the key, and especially offensive rebounds. The way that he can, he knows that he can't go scrap it up for rebounds, obviously, so the way that he can judge, okay, where's this ball going to come off the rim and where can I get that will best give whoever rebounds this ball a clear path to pass me the ball at the three-point line with enough space to shoot. The way that he can judge that, if you just watch him and you, you don't focus on the ball but focus on Isaiah Joe, like the way that he can just run around the floor is really, 
really encouraging for the future of his game. And, and it shows you how he's able to shoot five of eight shooting from three and how he's able to uh, get these open looks, despite being an incredible shooter who you don't want to lose. If you're the defense, his range also helps that a lot. And his range will also help spacing the floor in general for the thunder, not just with his pure shooting, but the fact that he can shoot the defenses know he can shoot. They're going to have to pay attention to him with that. He can shoot and he's stepping two or three feet off the line two or three steps off the line uh, from the three-point line, which means the defense is having to go two or three steps to the line. It just opens the floor in the mid-range where SGA likes to operate uh, so much, plus, of course, attacking the rim as well, which SGA's elite at. Uh, it, it just helps everything flow better. The fact that he can not only camp out there two or three steps off the line, but he can make it from out there, so the defense has to respect him uh, from outside. Isaiah Joe plays a phenomenal game uh, himself, and with Isaiah Joe... Playing this way, it leads to, you know, yeah, I think that he can stick around with the Thunder long term because these skills are so hard to duplicate and so hard to find. I mean, the Thunder searched for them throughout the entire tenure <laughs> of this last rebuild, of this last kind of, um, of this last era where Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, you know, Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, everyone, like every, every version of this Thunder team in the previous years needed shooters and they just could never find them. And now they found themselves a shooter who fits the timeline. He's 23 years old. Uh, he's still growing himself. He's the same age as Lou Dort, uh, just a year younger than SGA. And he's a year older than Darius Baisley. Like, he's right in that mix. A couple years older than Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. Like, he's right there. Of course, though, as I pointed out before, the question is, okay, if you need to create two roster spots, if you keep that second-round pick next year, um, and, you, of course, you have your first-round pick this year, who else are you going to let go? Because, of course, you're going to let Darius Basley walk, so that's one. But if you need to create that second roster spot, it comes down to, do you want to decline McMuscala's option? Do you want to let go of Aaron Wiggins? Do you want to let go of Isaiah Joe? You know, it comes down to one of those three who are on non-guaranteed deals. Jeremiah Robinson was also on a non-guaranteed deal, but I think that he's uh, fairly safe, obviously. And so, at that point, Sam Presti has to make a tough decision, but it's a tough decision worth making to keep around someone as much of a prolific three-point shooter as Isaiah Joe is, I think. But again, don't go too extreme to either side. However, for my money, the more and more that I, that you watch Isaiah Joe and the more and more it becomes evident this is not just him catching fire from three for a week or two. The way that he's getting these three-point shots is so repeatable. It leads me to believe that he should be here for the long haul. I do want to talk about Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara because the stat line is not there in this game. And, and, and I can see how if you were one of the people who saw the injury report and you just checked out and you said, you know, I'm not going to watch it. Like, like everyone made the jokes about how, Oh, I'm also checking out of the game because there's no reason to watch this proved that there's always a reason to watch, which I've been saying all season long of like this team is deep enough to where no matter the injury report, they're going to show you fun basketball. They're going to play um, an interesting style, but you might look at this stat line from J-Dub and say, man, I was really hoping that with J-Dub, you know, being kind of the guy on the floor, he could do better than 29 minutes, one point, two rebounds, a steal, and 0 for 8 shooting. But the thing is, he also had six assists, right? And so he was being able to facilitate the game very well. And I, I love the fact that despite the poor shooting night, 0 for 8, and I'm sure he felt that same pressure of, Look, SGA's out, Josh Goody's out, I'm one of the better players, I've got to, I've got to step up even though I'm a rookie. Despite all of that, though, and, and the poor shooting, he stayed engaged and he stayed locked into the game 
all night long. Like he, he was always in the right spot, always making the right play. And sometimes the right play didn't fall. Those eight shot attempts didn't fall. Sometimes the right play didn't come to fruition, but he's always there to do it. He never got down on himself. He never checked out of the game because, oh, I just don't have it tonight. He kept trying to chip away and chip away, which I think is a, a great sign for any player to have, but especially for a rookie to have and to know that that's kind of kind of going to kind of be that MO for him moving, moving forward uh, for J-Dub. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Also, going back to Isaiah Joe. I love the emotion that he plays the game with. Like, that's just always going to be something that I get suckered into really liking uh, a lot. Uh, Aaron Wiggins played well, played well. 21 minutes, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 for 5 from 3, 4 for 8 overall. Wiggins just makes winning plays. And then Jay Will out of Arkansas. I thought he was excellent uh, in his 15 minutes of work. This was probably his best NBA game. 15 minutes of work, 3 for 4 shooting, 1 for 2 from 3. Five, uh, I should say, four rebounds, two assists, one steal. He's probably the best screener on the team that the Thunder have right now on roster and scored seven points. Uh, the thing that I would want to point out for Jay Will, whenever you, whenever I talk to Mark, whenever I talk to Cam Woods, the blue head coach, they always tell me that the key reason why Jay Will was down with the blue and what they wanted to see him do was to become more aggressive offensively. It was to play with more, and the word that they used, that they both used constantly, was force. Play with more offensive force. And I thought that he did that very well against Memphis. Obviously, thrust into the situation, having to step up. I thought he played with more offensive force. Now, he's back down with the blue. He'll be in Vegas for the blue showcase with the G League showcase that happens in Vegas. And we'll talk about another G League assignment, which is Trey Mann, right after this. But first, I want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN it's incredible because it can not only keep you safe, because we all know ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, but here's what you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows from all over in so many other countries. You can see where you're going to have to watch on Netflix here, and this changes your world because ExpressVPN allows you to binge watch the Office UK edition. That's so simple to do. So what you do is you sign into Netflix. So after you sign into Netflix, you fire up ExpressVPN, you change your location to UK, you refresh Netflix, and there it is, Office UK edition on Netflix. ExpressVPN allows you to control what sites uh, think you are. Like You, you want to control where the sites think that you are located. So you can choose from almost 100 different countries. So you can imagine all the different Netflix libraries that you can go through. If you love Korean dramas, you can use ExpressVPN or South Korea Netflix for your Netflix subscription. Check it out today. 
but it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works on any streaming service. So Netflix, Hulu, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN is to watch shows because it's ridiculously fast, and that's never any buffering or lagging because it's so fast. You can stream in HD, no problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices, your phones, your media consoles, your smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on. That's expressvpn for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on. expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Trey man struggled again, four for 10 from the floor, six rebounds and assist to steal 11 points after the game um, where, you know, he didn't play terrible. And in fact, this was one of his better games from the recent cold spell. But after the game, Mark announced that he would be sent to the blue uh, on Sunday. And it was a decision that was made prior to Saturday's game. So Saturday's game didn't impact this decision at all. It was just part of the plan. And when Trey Mann went up there to the podium, he said all the right things about this assignment and how he wants to get better and how he wants to take it in stride and how um, he doesn't view it as a demotion, just views it on how to get better. He says that him and the coaching staff both agree that this is what's best for his game and trying to make him the best player possible. So he's been sent to the blue, and he'll be playing in Vegas. So he'll get a little bit of a trip to Vegas out there this week and play in the showcase. I think that this is probably the best move. Um, I mentioned it on Friday's show where I said – this could either go one of four ways. The Thunder can either keep him in Oklahoma City with a Thunder and allow him to try to continue to work out of this slump and do it in the NBA, which is going to be incredibly hard to do. They can send him to the blue and it actually work. They send him to the blue, he goes down there, plays very well, comes back to the, to the NBA and just clicks. They can send him to the blue and it doesn't work, right? He goes to the blue, doesn't play well, comes to the NBA, doesn't play well, just doesn't work. Or they can send him to the blue and they just lose him totally. Where like... He views it as a demotion, and he just he just never can snap out of it, at least for this season. I think that that option's out of the, off the equation because I think that Trey Mann's taking this in the most mature way possible and is really, really, really focused on getting better from this and, and, and not viewing it as a negative but a positive on how to revamp his career, revamp his season. And this is going to be a very competitive environment, which Mark talked about at, the, at his exit interview uh, last year. He wants this. He wants this to be so competitive that these guys feel the pressure of, if I want to be here on the other side of this rebuild, I've got to go. I've got to start winning and playing, you know, winning basketball now and playing good basketball now. And so I'm sure that Trey Mann feels that pressure because somebody isn't going to make it. Like they, they can't all be, all 17 guys on this roster can't be here whenever this team goes to the playoffs. Like it just can't happen. So with Trey Mann, I'm sure he's feeling that pressure and he wants to embrace this opportunity with the, with the blue. So now the question becomes, can he dominate in the G League, which he should, and can he translate that to the NBA level? And that's to be determined. But I think that he, I think that this can be an opportunity for him to get right and get into a rhythm. And, you know, whether it's a cliche or not, it is said that with shooters, like they need to see it go down. And so a couple games in the G where he's hitting step back threes and he's scoring 20 points, 30 points, whatever it is, and hitting four threes or three threes in a game, like a couple games like that can get him that confidence to just go ahead and do it at the NBA level as well. So I'm rooting for Trey Mann. I hope that this 
G League assignment goes well, and we'll be watching him in the Vegas showcase. But the Thunder won this game 115-109. OKC once had a 24-point lead. Memphis only led by five. Seven lead changes, four times tied. The Thunder won the rebounding battle by one uh, rebound. But they did have that one more turnover we talked about before, 10-9. to OKC had great ball movement, which helped them find those quality shots that they could hit. And then we talked about the shooting splits earlier. For Memphis, it was 37, 26, 78. Points in the paint was won by Memphis, as was second chance points and as was fast break points. The Thunder dominated the first quarter, second quarter, but lost the third and fourth quarter and still held on for the win. The Thunder were 11-point underdogs and covered the spread in this one, obviously by winning outright. MVP this game, let's go to Lou Dort. Lou Dort was incredible shooting the ball. It's either him or Isaiah Joe. So comment down below on YouTube. Would you have given the MVP to Lou Dort or to Isaiah Joe in this game? Uh, comment on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, like on YouTube, and all that fun stuff. Lockdown Thunder anywhere you get your podcast from. So here's the schedule. Tuesday, Portland Recap. Wednesday, Mailbag and my Hot Take Podcast. Thursday, Portland Recap again, Baseball Series. And then Friday, an NBA Draft wish list. And then Saturday, we're going to recap the Pelicans game as well. So until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.